Wake up with purpose. Move forward with intent. Establish baseline performance. This is the way. This is the truth. This is Love Notes for Life. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Winston Churchill. Chapter 32. Spend currency through purpose. The worst advice I've ever received from a so-called adult was, kid, don't worry about spending your money on the things you want because you'll always earn it back. I'm a proponent of treating yourself, but it's valuable to understand that money isn't trivial. It's a precious commodity that everyone can easily spend faster than one can acquire. Trust me, I know how it feels like to see money wasted away on a miserable business decision. While it isn't the best feeling in the world, it is a step forward for growth. Learn to master financial resilience and resist the woes of the debt trap. Practice financial restraint daily by weighing purchase decisions based on value. We live in a very buy-it-now culture, and our trigger-happy mouse clicks can easily encourage us to forego delayed gratification. Learn to spend your dollars with intent and procure experiences over quick fixes. Shift away from uncontrolled spending and build discipline by investing in assets, quality, and purpose. Credit isn't evil when used intentionally and can give us the freedom to spend more on what matters. Learn to use credit wisely within your means and respect the cash flow. Eliminate the game of debt, master the power of savings, and use financial discipline to establish the foundation of abundant wealth. How's it, everyone? My name is Mike Kabuko, and welcome to another episode of the Love Notes for Life podcast, your creative space for amplifying greatness through gratitude. So over the weekend, I was thinking about this pretty fun idea for a mobile app. What if, now, what if there was an app out there that could design your meal plans per your macros and caloric requirements, and at the same time, give you an estimate of your grocery bill? I mean, wouldn't that be a fantastic product? Hashtag trending. And come on now, that would be an epic deal. Look, it may sound trivial. But if you've been tracking your average grocery bill lately over the past few weeks, it seems like it just keeps going up, up, and uppity up every weekend. And really, it doesn't matter where you shop. You could try to save a few more bucks by shopping at those bulk savings store, but by the time you ring up your groceries at the self-checkout, you're staring straight back at a $100 receipt easily for one person. Well, thank you, Mr. Inflation. Thank you very much. I really was trying to make it a habit to spend more money this year anyways than to gut back, so I mean kudos to you. You're definitely the charmer and you know how to win a man's heart. (laughs) But come on now, I think this is all getting quite out of hand. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yes, I make a decent salary. And I have the privilege to more accessibility in life. But just because I have the resources to live it up, I've made it an intentional decision to hold back. To quote Chris Rock, I may be rich, but I identify as poor. I don't like spending unintentionally. Really, it's just not my thing. But rather, I like spending intentionally, and I don't mind spending the extra dollars. 
I enjoy buying things that give me value at the right price, dictated by what I consider reasonable. And I don't mind supporting my favorite brands, investing in my family, friends, and the people that I care about. However, I cringe when it comes to buyer's remorse. To be honest, I've had my bad moments with wasting money in the past. So nowadays, I treat every financial transaction as an investment. And of course, I'm not perfect. And I'm not saying that I'm shielded by deliberate mistakes. However, moving forward, I'm learning to spend my dollars very intentionally. And I think mindful spending is a very valuable skill to learn, especially when it's so easy to spend money that can disappear quickly with only a few clicks of a button. I mean, we live in a buy it now culture with access to a ridiculous amount of credit. You want something now? Pull out that credit card and tap, swipe, or insert chip. You see, even technology makes it even easier to spend that hard earned money. And depending what you do for a living and your environment, money can either be very accessible or downright tough to make. And sometimes it gets to the point where making money and trying to save money may feel more like a marathon that's literally going nowhere. And to be honest, even though things are going really, really, really good for me financially right now, I admit that wasn't the case years ago. My first job as a young mechanical engineer didn't pay too well. Sure, looking back on day one, my baby salary exceeded my initial expectations, but I was comparing it to the $9.50 per hour wage I was making while working in the fast food industry. However, my first engineering salary made me feel like a million bucks. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but nevertheless, I remember after the first year of working, I was already browsing the internet for supercars, such as a Ferrari F430 or an Aston Martin DB9, and of course, my dream car, a Porsche 911 GT3 RS. Mind you, I was placing my faith in a down payment for a supercar rather than focusing that cash flow on a house. I mean, let's face it. I was young, reckless, and seriously ridiculous. Clearly, my single life youth showcased my lack of responsibility and respect for money. But when you're granted more money in life, sometimes lifestyle creep can overcome you. Thankfully, I never pulled the trigger on those supercars, but I did waste that money on my project cars. My 1996 Nissan 240SX was my first high school car. It had a remarkable legacy in Japan as the Nissan Silvia S14, equipped with a turbocharged inline-four engine called an SR20 DET. It boasts a whopping 220 horsepower, which was awesome for its time, but unfortunately when that chassis came to the States, it swapped identities and became known as the Nissan 240SX, which was equipped with a leftover truck motor called the KA24DE, rated at a mere 150 horsepower. Yeah... Not that much, wasn't it? While it didn't have the heart of the Japanese production model, the Nissan 240SX was still a solid tuner platform for drifting and road racing. And I was so crazy about making that car the best that it could be. It was my passion project, but it truly became an addiction. And I finally had the cash flow to build up my dream car for better or worse. 
Next thing you know, it all started with better suspension, power mods, and wheels that really spoke to the hella flush and stance culture. Every week I had no control and I, yeah, dumped thousands of dollars into my project car. And to be honest, the only people that really noticed I was flexing was myself, me, myself, and I, and the other crazy car people that loved to spend money that they really didn't have. On top of that, I attempted to pursue many business ideas with the same money I was making, and I was trying to copy the big brands. I wanted to go big, and I wanted to emulate what the big brands were doing. However, I was David trying to act like Goliath, rather than just focusing on becoming the best David that I could be. I placed myself in an uncomfortable financial position and really pushed past my pain point. I fell to the expense of what I wanted rather than what I needed. And at the time, I considered my side business as a guaranteed investment. But I lacked experience, and like a majority of startups, success doesn't necessarily happen after day one. My first business took months leading into a year before I even made my first dollar on it. It was tough, and it made me realize that running a business requires time, money, awareness, and the trust of your customers. And if you're lacking in any of those categories, going from zero to hero with your business can evolve into a taxing period of your life and feel like fruitless labor going nowhere. It was a tough period of my life, and it taught me firsthand the downside to over-investing or putting more dollars into your business beyond your pain point. Sure, investing is important, but it should be done in a very strategic and mindful way. For example, if I gave you 100 bucks, and that's the only thing you had to spend in one day, you probably wouldn't blow it on a pair of $100 sneakers, right? I mean, unless you fancy fasting for 24 hours, but most likely you'll put that $100 to good use and probably use most of it for food and anything else that you need. Eventually, there came a day when enough was enough. I grew up and confronted my financial mistakes. I started getting really good with saving and budgeting money. I became aware of my behavior, and I really learned to love to spend intentionally. I stopped throwing money on things that didn't give me value, and I was able to build up my financial tools for success. I finally had a solid rainy day fund, a healthy investment portfolio, and most importantly, I learned to set aside money for the fun things that I wanted in life and the experiences that I treasured. That financial transition period showed me firsthand that even the most stubborn of individuals, including myself, can learn to adapt over time. I mean, it would have been nice if I was equipped with this knowledge years ago, this financial habit that I have now. But as my mom would say encouragingly, charge it to experience. And that experience helps me to find what mindful spending is all about. Over the years, I've leaned on a model called the currency pyramid that has helped me bring in more financial balance within my life. It's a dynamic framework that can be adjusted accordingly based on our specific needs and wants. Traditionally, we tend to separate our needs and wants with a hard divisive line. However, nowadays, 
I don't think it's that black and white, because I believe that our needs and wants are really influenced by our fitness and health impressed upon by our cultural upbringing and behavior. So, in essence, I find more balance when I let my health and fitness drive my spending habits. For example, I grew up in a culture where food was the focal point of family get-togethers. I really do believe that food is the language of love, and while it's great to eat out and hang out with family, the price tag of dining out can add up and dig deep into one's budget. Eating out isn't cheap, we all know that, and if you're a connoisseur of the best of the best, dining out can become a premium. While it does cost to dine, I do not believe we should neglect the moments we share with our friends and family. It's important to stay social and interact with the world around us. So while dining out isn't a rigid need, I still consider it a flexible need within our currency pyramid because it helps us improve our mental health. So as an overview, here's my framework, my game plan for the currency pyramid. At the base of the pyramid, we have health and fitness. Above that, we have our rigid needs, followed by our flexible needs, and then at the top, we have our value-driven wants. So our health and fitness drives our rigid needs, which are things that typically can't shift on a whim. They're very ingrained in your code, your way of life, and if you tried to depart from it, you'd probably lose your sense of homeostasis. These are the life support expenses, such as bills, utilities, housing, transportation, and health. All these items maintain your baseline performance, and if you subtracted one of them, the pyramid would topple over like a bunch of Jenga blocks. Bills, utilities, housing, and transportation are pretty much straightforward, but for me, health is a category in itself. Great nutrition creates a greater product of you. How you spend your dollars on your calories can really help you perform better for yourself and for others. It's like driving a luxury car that requires premium gas. You wouldn't risk running low-octane fuel in your high-performance vehicle and risk your engine knocking and potentially failing and detonating, would you? No. No, you wouldn't, and I know you're better than that. And it's vital to fuel your body with quality. In addition, be generous with your fitness. Look, I've heard all the excuses. Being healthy is expensive. Eating healthy costs too much. And gym memberships are getting way too expensive. However, I think the cost is reasonable, especially when it helps you perform better in life. I'm not saying go crazy and spend more money past your pain point. However, I believe that you should invest in what you can, little by little. And if you can afford to incorporate more healthy choices into your diet, then go with the small incremental changes. You don't have to overhaul your entire diet to achieve the benefits of healthy food choices. Also keep in mind culture, your upbringing. There are certain things that I consumed when I was a kid that aren't technically your typical health-conscious foods, but I've always found it a way to bring it back into my life because it's part of my identity, because they serve a purpose in my life to feed my cultural needs and give myself some diversity. I enjoy quote-unquote junk food, but I consume junk food in moderation, 
in essence, sometimes it's okay to feed into what we're used to, just in moderation. And hey, sometimes it's also nice to save money while doing so. <laughs> and as far as gym memberships go, we'll shop around and find a gym that suits your needs. The fitness industry is competitive, and that also helps out the consumers. You don't have to be locked into one place. Go ahead and entertain the chase for better price points and higher quality equipment. And if the gym fees are too hard on the budget, then no worries. The world outside is a free gym. Try your take on bodyweight training and see if you can find a calisthenics park out there. Also, don't be afraid to try out a new sport. You never know, you might actually find it more appealing than just hitting the gym and hitting the weights. Bottom line is try to find ways to be creative with the tools you have. After your rigid needs, we can then target our flexible needs, which can strategically be adjusted financially when necessary. These are kind of like the halfway point between our needs and our wants. However, I still refer them to our needs because they can feed positive vibes into our mental and physical health. For example, I consider eating out and going on vacation with family and or friends as a flexible need. It's not like you can't live without it, but these experiences bring so much value within our lives. They can give us so much more meaning and value and really, for me, it's a big part of living life in the moment. In a very productive society, we tend to overly focus on work rather than taking the time to slow down and celebrate our wins. Once we satisfy our rigid needs, we are free to experience our flexible needs and bring that spice into our lives. Pull back when necessary, but never neglect the positive power of our flexible needs. Lastly, the icing on the cake is our value-driven wants. Our value-driven wants are the personal things that we do for ourselves. These are the treats in life, the self-care experiences that we invest in. For me, I love style and buying clothes that fit my taste. I also like buying and collecting sneakers in moderation. And of course, I enjoy investing back into my Love Notes for Life brand. I like repping the movement and rocking the shirts that I designed. It's my form of self-expression, and I'm proud to share the vision with the world around us. So really, at the end of the day, learn to be flexible with your value-driven wants and feel free to splurge on it once in a while. So remember, draw inspiration from the currency pyramid and design a custom life that matters to you. Lean on your health and fitness to drive your rigid needs, fulfill your rigid needs to inspire your flexible needs, and when your needs are met, experience the potential of life through your value-driven wants. Invest in a value-driven life and inspire the world around you. Thanks y'all for tuning in to another episode of the Love Notes for Life podcast. I look forward to continuing this conversation of awareness and amplifying greatness through gratitude. If you're enjoying the Love Notes for Life podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple, and other major podcast platforms. The Love Notes for Life lifestyle collection is now available at lovenotesforlife.com. Thanks for supporting the Love Notes movement and be sure to track the mindset by following me at Mike Kabuko on Instagram or Twitter. 
Thanks y'all for the support and always remember there is beauty in knowing that there's only one of you. Take care.